Gracious God, that is our prayer. We would be able to pour out our praise before you. Oh God, we just pray that you would subdue us by your grace and mercy. That in these moments you would take every thought captive and bring it under the authority of Jesus Christ. Arrest any root of bitterness or ill desire, Lord, and make it come into submission to you. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing and honorable to you, our gracious God and King. In Jesus' name, amen. My dad had a phrase that he would use from time to time with us kids, usually at uh, junctures when something significant would happen in one of our, uh, us kids' lives. A turning point, it could be small, it could be major, a point of transition, or maybe it was a clear opportunity for us to uh, realize the need to accept responsibility. He would say, well... It's all part of growing up. <laughs> Who hasn't heard that from a parent? Can I get a witness out here? Sure you have. It's all part of growing up. What do you mean I have to bring my own money? Well, it's all part of growing up. Um, what, what, what do you mean I can't go to the game tonight until I get the grass mowed? Well, that's all part of growing up. How come I have to wear dress clothes to this thing tonight anyway? <laughs> Well, that's, that's all part of growing up. Um, Dad, what's, what's this nationwide auto insurance thing on my dresser? Man, it's got my name on it. Well, that's, that's all part of growing up. Uh, why can't I tell that waiter, hey, dude, bring me some more sweet tea? Well, that's, that's all part of growing up. Where does it say in the Bible I have to move out by the time I'm 28. <laughs> that's, that's all part of growing up. Pay for my own cell phone bill? Like, wait, Dad, are you serious? What? That's all part of growing up. What do you mean I can't demand my own way? And why, why can't I kind of Complain every once in a while when things don't kind of swing my direction. I mean, I thought life was all about me. It has been these past 18 years anyway. I've been kind of the center of everybody's focus in life. What gives? Why all of a sudden does it have to be about others? Well, Philippians chapter 2 is God saying, <laughs> that's all part of growing up. In Christ. Listen, because of Easter, as we've been talking about, everything changes. If you're in Christ this morning, if you've received from him the resurrected, exalted Lord God of the universe, if you've received a measure of grace and mercy, certain forgiveness, his gentle kindness, and somehow have benefited from his immense example of an out-emptying of self and a humbling of himself to the point of absolute, total obedience 
on a cross, then there is no more room for self-exalting, self-promoting, surface-level faith. It's all part of growing up. It's all part of it. You simply can no longer live for you or your family alone or simply let Christianity be some sort of kind of um, uh, blessing, comfortable blessing on everything you determine or ordain is right to be done. It's time for everything to be changed. It's time for you to be transformed. And that's what Philippians chapter 2, the kind of the, the final expression in this great passage is all about. It's the Lord saying to you, it's the Lord saying to me, as my dad did on so many numerous occasions, it's time to grow up. It's all part of growing up. Now let's read this passage. We just came off a, an amazing just kind of expression of God's enormous power and even God the Father's own display of humility as he transfers all authority in heaven and in earth and under the earth from himself to his son and he exalts him to the highest place. He gives him a name that is above every other name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and then every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. He's Yahweh. He's creator, ruler, sovereign king of the universe. That's what is confessed to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, so then, in the same way, my dear friends, it's time to grow up. Just as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more. See, that's the phrase that I want us to think about this morning. Much more. It's all part of growing up in our relationship to God through Jesus Christ. Much more. Much more, the apostle says. Continue to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. So that you may become blameless and pure. Children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine. That's a growing up word in the Christian life. You will shine. Among them like stars in the sky. Who looked out from their patio or their front yard last night and saw the stars in the heavens? Anybody? Too bad, you should have. Listen, there were myriad lights in the heavens. What a vision of the body of Christ grown up in him. Lights everywhere illuminating the darkness. Illuminating the darkness. (laughs) That's what it looks like. It looks like growing up and turning the light on in your life. Everywhere around you, you see, you shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. But even I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith. See, these are all 
grown up in our faith expressions. This is Paul at the end. He's, he's ultimately mature. He's now pouring his life out in ultimate sacrifice on behalf of the gospel. That, that, that's what it looks like before you go into the presence of God and experience his glory. You see, there's, there's lots of room for all of us to experience much more in our growing up in him. I am glad, the apostle says, and rejoice with all of you, so you too should be glad and rejoice with me. You see, in a sense, the apostle is telling these beloved Philippian believers who he loves so much, he has so much pent-up affection for them, he says, you have everything, a firm and solid foundation, a compelling and perfect, life-giving, power-providing model in Jesus himself, and a loving community of faith all around you, and you have the gospel, which is the word of life, and your own salvation. It is simply time to move to the next several levels levels and start applying all of these wonderful resources to your life personally and in the church. That's the vision. That's what he's looking at. It, it, it's, it's all part of growing up to experience a move, a transition, a passage away from a surface level faith and be exalted to a new experience in Christ. Now, he says something interesting here in this passage. He says, as a result of this, he says, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence. By the way, it, it's, it's good when our kids obey us when we're kind of standing over them, right? Within kind of shot of them, right? But even if, isn't it better, even more kind of joyful when you know or you hear that they've actually obeyed you when you're not around? You know, what's the first question parents ask when they come to the classroom or to the nursery after a long period of time? Well, how'd they do? Do I owe you anything? <laughs> right, they want to know how it went because it gives them a certain sense of kind of gladness and satisfaction when the little ones kind of haven't kind of drawn things down or, or brought some damage or, or shame to the family name <laughs> while they've been gone, right? How they, this, this is the Apostle Paul. My joy is fulfilled, you see, not only when you obey me in my presence, but also I hear these reports of you. You're solidly walking after oh God, God in obedience to his word even when I'm not there. You see, that's, that's part of what it looks like to grow up in the faith, you see. Now, that, that, that's only part of it. And then he says something else. He says, in addition to that, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Not work for it. That's not what he says. He says, work through the power and resources of all that has been transferred to you in Christ, the exalted one in your salvation, and then proceed in his power to these next levels. You see, not with a, a level of kind of presumptuousness, a spirit of, well, I, I can pretty much still do as I please sort of attitude. Um, but with what? Fear and trembling. With reverence. With a certain sense of compelling kind of awe before the Lord. This, this is what I need to do out of reverence and honor to him. Because look what he did for me. This is what Jesus did. In humble, kind of willful submission 
This is how we live our lives. And this is how we work it out. We express it and live it out within the context of the body of Christ and ultimately in the world. That's what the apostle's saying. Isn't that a great vision? That's what it means to grow up. We're not in our own little worlds. You see, you don't just pack up and just kind of move around as this kind of singular little unit, kind of indifferent to everything and everyone else around you. No, that's no way to live. That's what kids do. That's mine. That's mine. That's mine. That's mine. No, you can't have that. So we, we hope that they kind of, they move from that passage and they begin to share their lives and experiences, Right? We had a little guy last night that wanted to leave the nursery. He was not going to let go of the orange crayon. He wasn't doing it. Wasn't happening. I mean, he had it clinched so tight, and his dad, who's a big guy, ten times bigger than I, was trying all he could to get those little fingers off of that orange crayon. It wasn't happening. And finally, his mom said, would it be all right if he took that crayon home? <laughs> of course. <laughs> See? But if his dad left the church last night hanging on to an orange crayon wouldn't let go, That'd be a problem. That'd be a little weird. See? It's just not appropriate. It's the same thing Paul is talking about. It's time to grow up. That's what it looks like to grow up in Christ. Instead of clinching on to these things that once you kind of held so dear. There's a, there's a releasing. There's a, there's a letting go. That's what Jesus did. He did not consider all of that that was his, rightfully his, something to be grasped, like our orange crayon. No, he let go of it. In order to experience to go to a different level in willful, wondrous submission to the will of the Father. Isn't that marvelous? It's all part of growing up. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling before the Lord. He says, I love you all. He says, my dear brothers, he loves these people. Thank, thanks for everything. It's, but it's time for you to grow up and start turning the lights on in your life. All over. Now that's what he's saying. Now listen, there's going to be some resistance when you go to that level. Believe me, there's going to be other people, people you love, people who love you, who've not yet encountered the living, highly exalted Savior, Jesus, at that level. Who's, he's called you to, to his same path of brokenness and surrender and an exalted living. Some of you, some, made that decision last week. It was remarkable as people came to this altar and said, yes, yes, that's how I want to live my life. But I guarantee you there were people around them that weren't quite ready for that transfer of experience. There'll be people in your life as well. Good people. Loving people who are not ready to let go like you're ready to let go for him. But yet you've decided it's time to grow up in your faith. To begin to turn the lights on in your life for him. To stop this kind of petty living. And a kind of life that prefers staying stuck. Rather experiencing than the power of transformation. Good for you. Praise his name, I say. But there's going to be people, a cadre of people in your life who will still urge you to stay down at the surface level. Listen, it might be your boyfriend. Oh, man. Boyfriends and girlfriends, come on. I've seen these kids get lit up for Christ and they're all over this place and they're just, 
man, God is all over their life and they're investing and they're filled and all of a sudden, man, where's she? Where's she? My boyfriend. Oh, he's, he's, got, he's got a girl. He's vanished. Listen, you watch who you hook up with. Make sure they're as sold out as you are. Because I'll tell you what, you're not bringing them up. They're going to bring you down every time. There are people like that. They don't want you free. They like you stuck. You know why? Because you're useful to them when you're stuck. When you're obedient, (laughs) you're of no good to them. When you're following after God, when, you, when your life is sold out to him, people who aren't sold out to him, that you're going to be a threat to them. So they're probably going to cut you loose anyway. There's people like that all over your world. And Paul says, look at it, this is, it's part of growing up. You've got to cut loose. You, you've got to follow after him, hard after him, in faithfulness and obedience. And he will exalt you in that place of humility. You might lose something. You might lose a lot. You might lose your family. You might lose your place at the table. But listen, God has already demonstrated his desire to exalt the person who humbles themselves under his mighty hand. He will give it all back and so much more. That's what he's talking about here. Work that out. Work that out. It's time to grow out, to grow up. Lights shining in your home, in your cul-de-sac, in your business, to your employees. All of a sudden, you're at a new level. It's time. It's time to experience all of that. Then he says this. Kind of gives it a, a face. He gives it a real vivid kind of expression in negative terms. Do everything without. I love that. Here, I want you to do this, but I want you to do it without something. Do it without grumbling or arguing. You know, it, it's good, again, when our kids obey us, but it, it's, it's, it's not as much fun when they go, <laughs> fine. <laughs> that's, that's against the rules, too. You do it without grumbling, without attitude, without complaining. That's the vision. Children of God, without fault, in a warped and crooked generation. Listen, to be obedient, to follow after Christ, a, a sure sign of growing up in the faith is that you do all of these things without a grumbling and complaining spirit, a negative spirit. That, that, that's growing up. The opposite of that is gladness and joyfulness. That's how he ends this section. The idea is that you grow out of that in the power of Christ, the negativity, the, uh, the jadedness, the sense of suspicion, kind of all of the cynicism that comes along with just with, with being kind of a, a babe, a, an immature follower of God. No, it's time to grow up out of that. That's the idea. Again, we had a great concert last night. Many of you were here as Brandon and and the team led a wonderful evening of worship right here in the sanctuary. But the the nursery was chock full. 
Kit, Tracy and I were back there, and then we had, there were two rooms going. One side, and some of you I know have, met, have done this many more times than we have, so you know what I'm talking about. Well, all of a sudden, in both rooms, nature moved in every one of them. It, I'm not kidding. It all happened at the same time. So I'm over here holding this, and Tracy's going, okay, pass me that one. So I went over, pass one, then she handed me this one, and she went over the changing table. She got that one done, she handed me this one. I picked up this one, she passed me that one. Okay, pass me that one. She, for about, I don't know, 12 minutes or so, we did this cycle, right? And after that, it was all good. Everybody went back to their little deal. That was all good, right? But if that happened out here in the Welcome Center or in the chapel class, or in Ron Forrester's Sunday school class, a bunch of adults, nobody would be up for that. Right? I mean, nobody. So, what gives that we think that we can just kind of keep doing all that stuff You know, until the Lord takes us home. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just a cynic. Well, that's too bad because you can't stay a cynic and be obedient to Jesus Christ. Because he's given you all the resources of heaven and his wondrous power to deliver you from all of that cynicism and make you glad and joyful and free. Well, I'm a doubter. i got to see it with my own eyes. Well, you know what? That's too bad, too, because that's against the rule in the body of Christ because God says here is the ultimate vision of the New Testament faith. You, You walk by faith and not by sight. And Jesus Christ has given you all the resources of heaven and wondrous power to deliver you from that short-sighted level of Christianity and to deliver you to an exalted place. You see, that's, that's the vision. Do it without crumbling, without complaining, without cynicism, without holding bitternesses and grudges and injuries and, you know, until the Lord calls you home. What's up with that? What gives? That doesn't make any sense. You see, a community of believers who have mutual gladness, the Apostle Paul says. I want to look back and I want to see people who are glad, sharing their gladness and joy kind of across the room for the praise and glory of his name. That's Paul. Paul says, that's when I know my labor is not going to be in vain. When I look and I say, oh, she's free. Oh, he's free. She's free. They're free. Look at that family. They're free. They're glad. They're joyful. They're free. And he's just going, that's what's going to make him joyful at the end. That's the vision, you see. Jack Weaver uh, <clears throat> Walked into the Welcome Center this morning, as he always does. Uh, he brings his wife, Mary, and kind of drops her off. And he gets here just early enough to have a cup of co- coffee. And that guy, he walks in. How old's Jack? I don't even know. I'm not even going to say. Uh, but he's, he's over 70. <laughs> Lived a long life. Worked hard as a horse all his life. That guy walks in with the spirit of gladness and joy. And he just fills the room. It's all part of growing up. <laughs> I praise God for that work in Jack's life. 
Now watch this. We're going to go back. Okay, some of you are discouraged. Maybe you're, you know, I'd love that, but I don't think I can do that. Well, that's true. You can't. Look at verse 13. This is kind of going back. This is reverse. Um, this is a reverse ex- exegetical exercise here. Verse 13. It is God who works in you. To will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Listen, if you're content and happy and even stubbornly determined to stay right where you are in your relationship to God and relationship to his people, God's not at work in your life. Because God's desire, God's determined purpose is that you grow. When a guy like Jack walks into this building and he's free and he's glad-hearted and he's filled with joy, guarantee God's at work in his life. Doesn't mean he doesn't have bad days. Doesn't mean he doesn't get discouraged. Doesn't mean sometimes he questions, you know, God's purposes or his timing, all those things. But you know God's at work in his life because of the spirit that is within him. That's the idea. It's all part of growing up. And that's why Paul says, he closes this section by saying, listen, I'm being poured out. I'm at the end of the game. (laughs) Ultimate maturity is that when you're ready to just pour everything like a drink offering on the sacrifice. It's a vivid kind of metaphor that comes out of the, the Levitical passages of the law. The, 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 the sacrifice was, was, was paid and the, the blood sacrifice was poured out over the altar. That's total commitment. This was Paul. I'm giving it up. Everything. He's at that level. Can you imagine? But what he wants to do is look back At the church, look back at the believers and see this. It's right here at the end of verse 17. I am glad and rejoice with all of you. There's gladness. There's rejoicing. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. He says, so that my labor would not be in vain. He's going to look back and rejoice and be glad with them. Yes, she's finally able to put Christ first in her, her, in her marriage, yes. Look, they're, they're, they're opening their home to, to unbelievers for a meal to shine the light of Christ to their neighbors or to their friends. Yes. They, they, they've agreed to be part of a, a small group and invest in, in just kind of the wider body and, and become a little bit more open and, and kind of transparent to, to God's people. Yes, he's so much more pleasant to be around. Look at the, look at the he, he used to be kind of moody and passive, and now his focus is on others, blessing. Yes, he's sharing his hope in Jesus with his colleagues and friends. He's bringing people He's filling pews. That's awesome. Yes, yes, yes. See, surface-level Christianity says yes to salvation. (laughs) And then no to everything else. (laughs) No. 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 No, 
Thank you. Nope, too busy. <coughs> too stressed. Nope. Too committed. Nope. Nope. Hmm. Nope. Great passage at the end of Matthew's gospel. Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane. Gethsemane. He's in the press. You go there today and you should someday see the olive trees. They're still there. And the mount, that mount that just overlooks the eastern gate of Jerusalem. It's an incredible place. Olive trees everywhere. And every once in a while you can see this ancient olive wheels made out of solid stone. It was carved right out of the rock. And a trough made out of the same just solid stone. They press, they put the olives on one end and they take this huge stone that had a wooden rod in the middle of it. And they had three or four men on one side and three or four men on the other side. And sometimes they used animals and they would take that wheel and they would draw, they would draw it on top of those olives. <laughs> And it was at an incline, and so as those olives were pressed, the oil, the oil would just slowly, ever so slowly and wondrously drain out into these beautiful vials. That's why olive oil was so precious, so labor-intensive, enormously expensive. That's where Jesus was. He was in the place of the press. Of course, that's what his suffering and the cross did. It just pressed him to the to the limits of the physical experience and out came the blood. See, there he was in the garden. And he's talking to the Father. And he's looking at the cross. It's this amazing scene. And Jesus is praying to the Father. This is what he said. Is there any other way we could do this? It's in the scriptures. It's the fullness of humanity. Is there any other way we could do this? Could this cup, could this cup just pass for me? You are sovereign. you are here today and I am here today by the mercy and grace of God because of what Jesus said next he said but not my will yours be done Time to grow up. It's time to just lay aside all those excuses because you don't have one and neither do I. To just throw yourself and your whole will wondrously at the mercy of the sovereign, exalted Savior of the universe and say, yes, 
You've got my time. You've got my resources. You've got my kids. You've got my family. You've got my weekends. You've got my summer. You've got my future. You have my eternal destiny. And I say yes. It's all part of growing up. You can't say no. bow our heads. Gracious God, maybe someone's in the press here of the will. (laughs) You've got them. You've got them under your hand. Oh God, I just pray that you would be gracious. Cause us all to say yes. Joyful, willful surrender. Give us glad hearts, joyful hearts. We might obey and grow and surrender. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to worship him. We're going to stand and sing of his great name. If you want to come to this altar and say yes to him, we invite you to come today. Come to him. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus.
praise his name. Next Sunday, we'll be back to our regular um, three times, 9 o'clock foundations, 10 o'clock Sunday school, 11 o'clock lift service. So thank you for your patience and understanding. And um, go in the freedom and grace of the Lord Jesus today. You're dismissed. Thank you.